Welcome to It's Still Bedlam. I'm Ryan Aber, joined by John Helsley. John, uh, a lot to talk about today uh, in the world of college basketball, uh, both uh, looking back and looking ahead. We'll start by looking back a little bit and uh, to the game I had last night. Uh, Oklahoma seems to be in the record-setting business this year. They had a 39-0 run that set an NCAA record earlier this season against Weber State. Uh, last night, held uh, Texas Tech to 36 points, which set a Big 12 record for uh, fewest points allowed in a conference game. Did uh, you have a chance to watch any of it? I did not have a chance to watch any of that. And uh, let me go back a little further now, now that you say that, and say, how in the heck (laughs) did Iowa State lose to Texas Tech? Well, you remember a week ago we're sitting in this same chair, and I said emphatically, Texas Tech – would not win a Big 12 game, and and then they go out and beat the number nine team in the country. I was with you. I didn't think there was any way. So, and I after watching them last night, I have no clue how they beat Iowa State. No, I, I mean they they couldn't shoot a lick. Eleven of fifty two from the field, and uh, OU played some pretty solid defense, but but still Iowa State generally plays some pretty good defense, and Iowa State has guys like George Niang and uh, uh, Bryce Dejan. I completely blanking on his last name right now. <laughs> but, but they got some some very right. good offensive weapons that you wouldn't figure they would have much of a problem against a team like Texas Tech with as much issues as they have. And, of course, I saw Texas Tech last week, and I was the same way. I was like, oh, there's, you know, they're not going to beat anybody good, and they'll be lucky to, you know, get on TCU or someone. And like you, I was stunned they beat Iowa State and scored points to do it. It wasn't like <laughs> a 42-40 to 40 game or something. Yeah. But uh, scoring points is something they didn't do much of last night. Uh, 36 points overall, 16 in the first half as OU built a a 21-point lead by the break. And it was uh, pretty much just what the doctor ordered for OU. This is an OU team that uh, come in struggling a little bit, lost, uh, what, four of their last five games. Uh, Looked all right at times doing it, but wilted down the stretch in a couple of occasions, got off to rough starts on a couple of other occasions. Uh, last night they just put the pedal down early, uh, held Texas Tech without a field goal for an eight-minute stretch in the first half, and then another ten-minute stretch that stretched from late in the first half till uh, well into the second half, and, and just completely dominated dominated this game from start to finish. Well, and more good news to come out of that game is I, Isaiah Cousins apparently is okay. Yeah, and and that was probably the most encouraging thing uh, for Oklahoma all night because. Uh, you lose Isaiah Cousins, you lose a big chunk of your defensive identity. Now, I know Jordan Woodard and, and Buddy Heald have improved tremendously in their defense uh, from last year to this year. Uh, I think especially Buddy Heald. Jordan uh, was solid on defense last year, but uh, Buddy's taken a big step forward. But Isaiah Cousins is the defensive identity of this team. And uh, when when he's going right, when Ryan Spangler's doing good things down low on both ends like he was last night, they have a chance to – to uh, beat just about anybody, and and Cousins, his shooting didn't really take a take a hit from the the wrist uh, injury that he suffered against Baylor because he came back into that game, didn't play a whole lot, but hit the only two shots he threw up. Uh, one was a big three pointer early in the second half of that game, but uh, last night hit his first four shots with five of eight from the field, three three pointers, but uh, just a phenomenal game overall. Five assists, no turnovers. Uh, Oklahoma had 16 assists and just nine turnovers last night, and uh, 
that's been a big issue for them in, in some of the games that they've lost is is giving the ball up too easily, especially the, the West Virginia game. Obviously, that's a completely different animal, but uh, good for OU last night to, to turn in that kind of dominating performance in, in a game that they should have dominated, but uh, you never expect that to happen. Well, and uh, gives them some positive momentum going into Saturday's big uh, Bedlam rematch. And, and the Cowboys are going to carry some of that in, too. They, uh, they played very well, probably, I would say, their best 40 minutes of the season uh, Tuesday night and, and beating Baylor. Came out, played good from the start, played with intensity and some toughness, things that had really been lacking uh, in a lot of their recent games where they'd, they'd pretty much been a one-half team. But, uh, you know, the coaches gave them a, a game plan, and you could tell they, they really carried it out well. Uh, they got some things they hadn't been getting, which was contributions from guys other than Phil Forte and LeBron Nash on the offensive end. You know, Michael Cobbins looks like he's gaining confidence, and, you know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, that missed a lot of time last year and, and into the summer with an Achilles injury, and he'd been saying all the right things. You know, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. I don't know for sure that he was. He's a real stoic kid and always trying to put on a positive face. He's, I think he maybe lost a little bit of confidence in his offensive game, and uh, it's starting to come back a little bit. And he, you know, he rebounded the ball well the other night and played defense, and it was a tough matchup for him with Gathers and, and the other big guys that, that, that Baylor can throw out there. And uh, that's a positive for them, you know, going forward. They need, they need him, and he's been playing pretty good defense. But, man, if they can get some offense out of him – uh, you know, and rebounding like that, uh, it'll be a huge boost for him. Yeah, that that was the thing that impressed me most. Watched a little bit of that game, but uh, the job Michael Cobbins did on both ends of the floor, I thought, gave them a big lift. And uh, certainly, if they can get something out of him uh, on Saturday, that'll go a long way toward helping uh, this game be be competitive and helping Oklahoma State have success. Yeah, you know, a guy like uh, Tavar Shine jumped up and had another good game, and he's a true freshman who. You know, sometimes those guys are apt to do that. They'll have a good game, bad game, good game, bad game. And um, he he really gave them a, a lift off the bench the other night, 11 points, hit three threes. Uh, he can do that. And But, you know, some of the road games, he's just, you know, it's what happens to freshmen. You know, they, they get lost sometimes. But, uh, you know, Newberry had a good game. Jeff Newberry did. You know, Anthony Hickey was big time with a – with a bunch of assists and, and really kind of spearheading a defense that, that locked down Kenny Cherry. And so it was about as complete of an effort as they've had this year. And, uh, you know, they kind of needed that because, you know, coming out of K-State, they'd lost three out of four games. Um, and like I said, they had, they had those halves, those bad first halves. Uh, they needed to turn that around, and they did. Yeah, and, and you mentioned a complete game by Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma had – uh, its most complete game in a long time. I think the only other Big 12 game that they had really you looked at all the pieces seemed to fit together was uh, that big win, blowout win down in Texas uh, early in the Big 12 schedule. But uh, last night, now Tayshawn Thomas didn't do a whole lot offensively last night, but uh, wound up with, with uh, eight rebounds. But Ryan Spangler had a probably his best uh, offensive night uh, as a Sooner, I know it, it wasn't quite his career high in points, but eight of nine from the field, uh, made four free throws, uh, had an assist and no turnovers and three blocks. Uh, but they also got uh, a lot of protection, uh, a lot of uh, uh, 
production from the bench, which is something Oklahoma hadn't had at all. I mean, we looked at that last Bedlam game and, you know, goodness, Oklahoma State had, what, 10 players in within the first eight minutes, I think, something like that. And uh, Oklahoma's played games this year where they've only used seven players. Uh, but but last night, Kadeem Latin had uh, just a fantastic game uh, with uh, five blocks, uh, four rebounds, did a, a lot of good. And his, his one shot that he made was an emphatic dunk that uh, was probably the, the photo of the night from our, our uh, photography department. But uh, and then Frank Booker continues to round into form. I mean, you sort of saw him at his best last year mm-hmm. in Bedlam when he hit some shots. Hadn't hit uh, really much of anything this season except for the the one UCLA game where he uh, gave him some good production. Been struggling with his back, but uh, that seems to be a, a thing of the the distant past now. Hit a couple three pointers uh, for the second consecutive game and. If OU can get anything out of their bench, they don't even have to. They don't have to stretch leads. All they have to do is be able to maintain, and uh, they they certainly did that and uh, a little bit more last night with with those guys. So it should be a an intriguing matchup on Saturday. All right, so two good games, two teams with momentum, <laughs> uh, good developments for both sides. For Bedlam's sake, let's hope both of them play well, and we have a intriguing, interesting game to the finish. Cowboys didn't hold up their end of the bargain first time. <laughs> so hopefully we have uh, something that uh, doesn't cause people to turn the channel on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. We want to be able to to hang with people for a full 40 minutes and, and have them enjoy it because when uh, that atmosphere in Gallagher-Iba is rocking for Bedlam, uh, it, it doesn't always rock in, in Lloyd Noble Center, but it certainly – Certainly does when when Oklahoma State comes to town, when Kansas comes to town. That's that's not going to be for a while. So uh, let's have a great atmosphere for for this state and college basketball. And uh, let's just stick with that for a minute. Speaking of this state and college basketball, it, it hasn't been that long ago that uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Tulsa were all you know clicking on all cylinders and producing. Obviously, that's fallen off over the last what decade or so mm-hmm. uh, as uh, all all the three teams have gone through uh, some pretty significant ups and downs but uh, it's pretty remarkable to me to see the job that that Tulsa has done uh, we, we both saw them in non-conference Oklahoma State beat them pretty handily uh, Oklahoma beat Tulsa up up on the road by by 19 but uh, Tulsa they, lost the southeastern. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that was right after the yeah. uh, the southeastern loss that uh, uh, OU beat them. But uh, the way that uh, Frank Kate has turned around this program has just been phenomenal. It has been, and uh, you know when I when they lost that game to southeastern, I was really in in uh oh mode. You know for for that team, and uh, they had done some good things early, and then hit that stretch where where things went against them uh, in a big way. But very impressive what they've been able to do you know, kind of taking charge of that conference and uh, posting big wins and, you know, just really playing consistent basketball. And uh, that's going to be good for both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State RPI-wise going forward. Absolutely. Uh, Not like they needed much RPI boost playing the Big 12 schedule, but every little bit helps. Uh, Absolutely. Especially when it comes to finding uh, favorable seating lines. Yeah, because, you know, OSU didn't play a great non-conference schedule. Uh, But – that's going to help them, you know. Um, Maryland, which was a team I'm not sure a lot of people had on their on their radar when the season began, they've been good. That's going to help OSU. So, you know, 
the non-conference isn't going to hurt OSU, where at one point you might have thought that could be the case. Yeah, definitely. It looks like just looking at uh, TU's schedule, uh, that uh, February 7th showdown against SMU looms pretty large for uh, this that conference and, and Tulsa's postseason uh, plans. They've got SMU uh, on the 7th, and, and then they go to UConn on the 12th. And if they can somehow get through that stretch unscathed, then then you're really talking as far as uh, – you know, regular season championships for them. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it's gonna. It's it's been fun to watch. You know, you're right. It's, you know, it's it's been really a a period here where maybe one team's been good or of the three, and you know, this year there's some things to to like about all three teams. You know, they're not uh, nobody's picking anybody for the final four right this moment, but um, good things, good positive vibes going on with uh, with college basketball in the state. Yeah, absolutely, and and obviously James Woodard for for Tulsa is a big part of that. I know we typically stick with Big Twelve basketball, but certainly TU right now is is worth talking about, especially as it relates to the the two other ones. But uh, let's let's stick with Saturday. Uh, what kind of atmosphere are you? Well, for, first of all, what was the atmosphere like uh, for the Baylor game on uh, Tuesday with the the Remember the Ten? Uh, remembrances and things like that you know it was pretty good you know for a Tuesday night 8 p.m. start you know and and OSU is still a place that relies heavily on people driving in from Oklahoma City and Tulsa all right Uh, I think they're probably working on ways to maybe appeal more to to folks in Stillwater finding a way to get students into some seats you know that aren't taken or whatever they're they're trying to figure all that out yeah um but they had about 8,000, and, um, you know, 8,000 in Gallagher still sounds pretty good when, when people get rowdy. And so for Saturday, I would expect a, a, a great crowd, you know, especially with, with both teams coming in off of wins. You know, uh, I think I think if OSU would have lost Tuesday, I don't know. what. I, honestly, I'm not sure what I would have expected. I think it would have been a solid crowd. But because OSU won and, and because it's Bedlam and because they're still, a, you know, sort of an uptick in this season right now for OSU, I think it'll be really good. Plus, this game could go a long way toward uh, sorting out Big 12 seeding. Right now with that, uh, what, OU, Texas, Oklahoma State, and Baylor uh, all sort of scrunched up right there in the middle, uh, you know, whichever way this game goes could start uh, separating things a bit. Yeah, it could. And, you know, after Saturday we'll be at the halfway mark, you know, in, in the Big 12 schedule. And, you know, for, for, for each team, this game will, will really give the first half a, a, a certain feel. You know, if OSU can somehow be 5-4 and four rather than 4-5 and five after nine games, I think they feel a lot better about their chances going forward as far as the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, it gives them a little bit more of a, a, of a cushion for, you know, maybe a, a slip up down the road. But uh, – yeah, it's a, it's a big game. It really is. You know, we, we've talked about some of, of how Bed, what Bedlam has lost. This is a big game in this season. Definitely. And, and John, you look at, at Saturday's game, obviously for Oklahoma State, and we've talked about this sort of ad nauseum, but Phil Forte and LeBron Nash, as those guys go, uh, go the Cowboys. But uh, if you've had to pick up one, one other player that's going to be a key in this game for, for whatever reason, who would that be? You know, based on what we've seen really the last three games, I'd say it's Michael Cobbins. You know, not that he's going to go out and score 15 points or anything like that, 
But, uh, you know, if he can contend inside, the things he does that don't necessarily sh- show up in a stat sheet, you know, way he directs the defense, he's great at kicking the ball to the right guy when the ball goes inside to him on the offensive end. He really is good at getting the ball to the right s- space out of the post. Um, I think he's important. And I, I, just kind of a, a, of a 1B option here, it's probably Hickey, Anthony Hickey, you know, uh, as the point guard. Um you know, sometimes he scores, sometimes he doesn't. This might be a game where they need him to score a little bit. There was a, there were some flat moments in the first half against Baylor the other night when they were down in that game. He hit a couple of big threes uh, in that first half, and I think that really allowed them to breathe a little bit and, and, and open things up offensively for everybody else. Yeah, and I, I, I'm going to go with Ryan Spangler. We talked so much about Tayshon Thomas entering the, the first one, and, and Thomas had a, a strong game. Uh, in the the first edition of Bedlam, but uh, Ryan Spangler, last night I was really impressed with not only the way that uh, he scored close to the basket because clearly he's he's capable of that. He's expanded his range this year, but yesterday he did something that he hadn't done a whole lot of, which was uh, get the ball to the rim himself uh, from a little bit of distance and uh, was making some drives on guys, picking up some foul calls uh, against him that. Uh, really helped Oklahoma build that, that early margin before this game was a laugher. And uh, if Spangler can continue doing like things like that while still you know, hitting some of the mid-range stuff, even uh, stepping outside when, when he needs to, spreading defenses around, obviously I don't think you want to do some of those things against Oklahoma State because you're going to be probably matched up with the Brian Nash and he's a different kind of guard uh, out there. But uh, – those things for Ryan Spangler bode well for, for their future uh, down the road, and certainly there's things that he can take advantage of in this game. And and that matchup with uh, Cobbins on uh, whichever one of those guys ought to be a really fun one to, to see on Saturday. Well, and, and let's remember that Bedlam always brings out the best in Ryan Spangler, it seems <laughs> like. He, it does. He, he loves these games and he plays well, and uh, I would say, yeah, he's a, he's a key element on the other side. Yeah, and and you mentioned Bedlam brings out the best in Ryan Spangler. Well, it has the last couple of years on on OU side, and uh, has brought out the best in the in-state kids. The in-state kids. I mean, last year we saw Spangler have solid games in in this series. We saw you know Tyler Neal had a fantastic game uh, off the bench uh, in the one in Norman. Uh, Jordan Woodard has been solid. I think uh, I can't remember his numbers in the games last year, but he was strong in in some of those and was was really really good uh, the first edition this year. So it, it clearly means something to these in-state kids to to go against the other way. And I know uh, on the other side, there's not uh, not as many of those kids. <laughs> Involved. Right. right. And hey, let's go back even before those guys. I, my name just went blank. Um, the kid, was it from Weatherford? Uh, Elk City, Cade Davis. Elk City, Cade Davis. He loved <laughs> Bedlam games. You know, he'd rise up and, and, and go for big games against uh, against OSU. So, yeah, it, you're right. The Oklahoma guys uh, in Crimson have really played well in this game uh, in the last 10 years or so. And, um, you know, I don't. I, I look at the OSU roster, and obviously they don't have a lot of in-state guys. Uh, Mitch Solomon's a guy who's who's done some good things for them as far as coming in and defending and getting some rebounds. Um, you know, he'll play in the game because he'll have to with those with those other big guys. 
And, uh, you know, the thing that he can do perhaps is, is, is help on the boards, maybe help a little bit defensively. Yeah, so it, it should be a, a fantastic game Saturday night in, in uh, Stillwater, excuse me, Gallagher-Iber Arena, 7 o'clock uh, on ESPN2. Is that right? Correct. All right, so uh, should be a fun one. But uh, that's all the time we have for today. Unless, John, is there anything else uh, you can think of? Not anything I can think of other than, hey, if you're, uh, if you're a fan and uh, you're in the area, show up for this game. should be fun. And uh, Yeah, if you're, if you're a basketball fan in Oklahoma, you need to find a way to, to make it to this game because so, uh, it, it's uh, a phenomenal atmosphere. Last year this game was the, the first time that I'd ever – uh, been to a basketball game in Gallagher Iber wow, Arena, okay. which uh, is something that I'm sort of ashamed of that it took me that long to to make that trip. There's a couple times when I uh, had plans to and didn't quite work out, but finally was able to obviously make it up last year for work purposes. But uh, it's a a fun place to to watch a game. That's right. And so get off the couch. You're going to be on the couch Sunday for the Super Bowl. So get off the couch Saturday. Show up and uh, and enjoy some bedlam. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth a drive whether you're in Oklahoma City, Tulsa, or anywhere else in the state. All right. It's still Bedlam. It is still Bedlam. So uh, it, from now until uh, game day and beyond, you can check out our stuff every day at newsok.com and every morning in the Oklahoma for the best OU and OSU coverage anywhere.